Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. That's right. Hour two on the block comes your way. Never a doubt. Strick and I uh, talked during the break. We settled our differences. We're good from shootout. We've moved on. That's what being teammates is about, right? You, you get into it. You're competitive people. You both want to win. I'm supposed to be team caller, but I'm always team Strick. You're team Strick. You know, sometimes you go head to head. You get to the huddle, put the differences aside. You move on. That's where we're at. That's exactly right. We just listen. We got. We're trying to just make light out of this day. It's just some. It's just a miserable day outside. It's it's good that we didn't get the brunt of it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I've been looking at the radars and been checking that out because just trying to make a decision as to whether or not I'm going to come to the game or not. It's going to depend on ice at that point. But it's it's just one of those days, Austin, where you're just kind of like it's up in the air about how you're going to move and what you're going to do. And and they've already canceled school. So that's that's unusual. That's what kind of scared me was they canceled school. So normally when they cancel school in Nebraska, that means something. You know it's something. But it, it hasn't panned out yet the way that I would have thought it. I thought it would have been a lot more accumulation out there. Right. As I was driving in, it was still above freezing. Just holding on at 33 or 34, but it, it's going to get down there sooner than later to where it freezes. And maybe that means snow, but at the very least it means ice. So again, pump the brakes, be careful, slow down. If you don't have to go somewhere, don't. But if you do, make sure you get there safely because we appreciate you, Blockheads. Thank you for uh, tuning us in. We want to make sure you're around to hear all of the great content. And most importantly, the longer you're around, that means the more chances you have to visit Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Good stuff uh, from Charles and the crew, as always. Huge shout-out to them uh, for what they do on the show. Go to the starter real, Heyman. Real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. That's what I was going to do. I was going to hit it real quick. Yep, go I, I'm going to lay this one up for you uh, because you can probably answer it better than I can. Sarder Heyman, text line 402-464-5685. Chime in with your thoughts. Uh, Ryan and Friend asks, uh, is Nebraska basketball even an NIT team at this point? Do we have a lot of work to do? Uh, do you think we can make it to the NIT? Strick, go for it. Well, one of the things that I, I uh, in my response is they have enough quad one games um, they Ten have of them some so good far. Quad one wins. Um, yeah, and and their schedule, their strength of schedule will help them tremendously, right? But the caveat to that is that they have to be close to at or above five hundred, and have to be, um, you know, maybe just a few games under at worst. Because I I, I looked at something, and um, gosh darn it, I, I I've got it. Hold on. I could tell you, but, but, but um, I'll, I'll figure it out in a second. But one of the things that I've also learned is that right now there are some writers that have um, the big 10 and I'm, I'm going to get the writer cause I have it, <laughs> but they had the big 10 as getting 10 uh, teams in. <laughs> okay. That was the way that they 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 projected it. I can't. I I, I thought I took a, a snap of it and who that was. That person that did it, but there was a projection out there where they're saying there's possibly ten Big Ten teams. I think there was like seven uh, Big Twelve and and seven. I want to say SEC, and then it goes wow. ACC, so forth and so forth down. So I thought this was a tremendous. If they're thinking like this. That was a tremendous opportunity for you to just, you know, if you could do what I said you needed to do, and that was to get past that 
that play-in segment, if they can do that, they could give themselves a chance with their quality, with their quality of schedule wins and their strength of schedule. Um, it, it could look good for them. Now, if they don't do that, there's there's just not going to be a chance. You got to kind of show and prove that there's a reason for them to give you an opportunity to pop in there. Right. So to that point, if ten Big Ten teams make it, that's everyone that avoided that first day of the tournament. That's all ten of those teams that are in yep. right there, which is just kind of nuts to think about. The other thing too is the the strength of schedule. Those metrics they mean something when you're already in that conversation. You don't mm-hmm. get into that conversation because of those metrics. Those right. metrics are what keep you in the conversation once you've banked enough wins to get there. So if you look at those quad one games for Nebraska, if they had banked a couple more of them, say they were even you know five and five in quad one games, then you have those five wins to hang your hat on. But then you can almost consider those other five losses quality losses, like the committee does. Or right. if you're you know seven and three, eight and two. As long as you played those games close, they can be quote unquote quality losses. If you're anything less than 500, if you're four and six, three and seven, two and eight in those quad one games, that's not a starting point. You have to win enough games mm-hmm. to earn quality losses, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's nothing for me to add on to that, but you can on the Sauter Heyman touchline, 402 464 5685, if you would love to do so. But I don't have none of that because I, I, I basically agree with you. I basically. Uh, forgot what you said about me and the, the way you was giving away the game against me. And now we moved on and we're thinking on the same page. That we are. The other note on the schedule is this was hypothetically a year that Nebraska needed to, well, not hypothetically needed to take a step forward, but you would think the schedule would have, you know, backed off a little bit. They wouldn't have been so aggressive. You look at what Kansas State was last year compared to this year. We didn't know when this got scheduled, when this came out, the Kansas State was going to be like this, year one under Jerome Tang. That game, there's so much less shame in losing it the way that it went down based on how good Kansas State is this year. St. John's Yo, is always a tough match. Big win! Big win in Manhattan. And just mm-hmm. to think, we probably are, were close to getting uh, <laughs> one of their stars who had 24-8 and eight yeah. last night, mm-hmm. which is Keontae Johnson. Mm-hmm. Man! He would have made a difference. But- but Keontae does at 6'6", 230, what I said we need. Somebody, mm-hmm. if you had him and a Derek Walker type, now you got something. Because you didn't have Greasel, but now you got to be able to hit shots. Mm-hmm. I'm still a little bit leery about them being able to hit shots. They've got guys that can break down the defense. They've got guys um, that are creating space and opportunity. They run a good system. Hey, come on, bro. 83 points. In a lot of games, you look at some of the top-tier teams, they're scoring in the upper 70s and 80s, winning Mm -hmm. big games. You look at the Texas-Iowa State win uh, that Iowa State pulled out over Texas. Mm -hmm. Iowa State shocking everybody at 5-1 right now. I'm I'm sure Fred Hoiberg (laughs) would love to be back in Hilton with the way that they're playing right now. But 78 to win that one. 70 for number 9, Tennessee. Number uh, number 19, Clemson, gets up there but gets clipped by uh, Wake Forest at 87. Baylor, 81. That's what I keep saying about Nebraska. Houston, the top team in the country, 80. Um, you've got to get up there. You To give yourself a chance 
You've got to get up, and that goes back to what T. Buchanan was saying, is it's got to be the pace of play. They've got mm-hmm. to get easier opportunities because they don't have a Keontae uh, uh, Johnson. A, a, Ke- a Johnson. Marquise they don't have a, a like him. They don't have a like him that can go get it. So that's why I think that uh, they have to pick up the pace in order to give themselves a chance. You can only add so much on defense before you lose too much on offense. Because I think about yeah. those really good prime Tony Bennett Virginia teams. They were you know number one in the country, elite defensively. Wisconsin was up there in that conversation. That was a whole different level of elite defense. Nebraska's defense is better than its offense. It's a good to pretty good defense, but it's yeah. not elite. You can't sacrifice that much on offense to be pretty good on defense and still be that mm-hmm. low on offense. You have to find ways to improve on the margins defensively while taking those big steps offensively. Nebraska doesn't have that. Here's another team I'll throw out there. A team like Houston and Marcus Sasser. He is an absolute bucket, walking bucket. He is a stud offensively. That's a really solid defensive team. I don't know if if Virginia, obviously he would start because he's a talented player, but there are teams that would keep Marcus Sasser on their bench to you know, bring him off for that you know spark plug scoring if they had a better defender. But when you can make that big of a gain in offense with a guy like Sasser and still be that good at four other positions on defense, Strick, that's when it all comes together. Yeah, that's when the team like that is able to emerge and be the top, the top dog in the in the in the country because they they've got a formula. And I love I love what he's been able to do there. Um, mm-hmm. He's basically said we're not losing to Texas. We're not losing to Texas. Definitely not TCU. Mm-mm. We're gonna win it because right here in my own town, I'm not letting the best of the best get mm-hmm. out of here. And then right up the road. I'm going and bringing them down here and I'm giving them something uh, that they can feel. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, I love his approach. He's just like, look, I don't have to go too far. I got what I need right here in state. I'm just going to build them up. I'm going to give them a system. We're going to, we're going to be defensive minded and then we're going to run your butt off and we're going to, we're going to raise these bars and these numbers and we're going to give you a game every night. You're going to either take it or leave it. Back on Nebraska and what they need to do to be successful tonight and moving forward, they really have slowed it down to put some more of that emphasis on defense and on getting, you know, as good a shot as they can every possession. If you're going to do that, though, you have to be absolutely elite in your execution on that end. Nebraska's pretty good, but again, doesn't have, like you said, that last 10 second guy. Plain and simple, they don't. We talked uh, before Purdue uh, when we thought Sam Griesel was playing. Um, about how he's not really a push-and-probe point guard, right? He's a back-you-down, into-the-post, operate-out-of-there type of point guard. Fred Hoiberg last season made that decision to slow the offense down, to focus more on defense and rebounding because there were a lot of quick shots, a lot of bad shots from guys. But now there's basically nothing in transition for Nebraska if it's not a steal or a Mm -hmm. deflection. So, Strick, what's that balance between pushing – and looking for a good shot, but if it's not there, you know, backing it out and then trying to run a set. Where does Nebraska struggle in that? Well, you have to you have to be able to trust. And, and but this is this is the dilemma that you have if you're a coach and you find yourself in a hot seat position. Um, you're trying to rein in, re re uh, readjust and change uh, the landscape of what was. And really when you came in, you laid out the, 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 the groundwork of what your team was going to be. And that was that. Mm-hmm. 
and no one liked it <laughs> because you didn't have shooters that can fulfill that that um you know that style of play mm-hmm. so being that you could not fulfill that style of play you then find yourself trying to rein it in by slowing the game down making sure that you get a good shot and still focus on i think you have to kind of shift the you know the needle a little bit to make sure that you're 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 doing what's best for the the team to be successful and i think that encompasses that like i said with us and Danny Nee it didn't matter who got the ball other than the big man other than like Mikey Moore <laughs> or Bernard Gardner every now and then even Bernard Gardner could bring it up every now and then Vincent Hamilton could take it to a position they didn't like him going all the way <laughs> they weren't Nikola Jokic's and <laughs> and uh uh, uh Giannis combo. they weren't them but they were uh, they were a couple power dribbles out boom mm-hmm. and then we were boom and they start the break me it was either me yeah starting it and then it was either me, Pike, Badge, sometimes Jerron. We get that thing, and we're one, two to the rim, or one, two in. Find a Pike at the other end because I'm by you. I'm on a run, full speed, with strength to the basket, and Pike is going weak side corner or wing or somebody like that, Jamar or somebody, and then boom. And then you're either got that shot or it's a run out shot fake into the next one. And then you have Mikey Moore or somebody trailing behind for a dump off dunk. That's how it was. We ran it like that. into It was, it was a consistent system. Whoever got that ball, we was out. And then if we didn't have nothing, we got into something secondary. And that's and, and we were disciplined with that. Mm-hmm. That's what he's just got to – he's got to command it. He's got to demand it. But they've got to do something like that because otherwise you, you can't you can't play a half court offense with nobody that has breakdown capabilities. Absolutely. Absolutely. And regardless of the style of play on offense or defense, whether you're you know the seven seconds or less Suns or the bad boy pistons, whether you're you know Tony Bennett, Virginia, or you're Greg McDermott at Creighton, the easiest opportunities in basketball are in transition. When you have Thanks. numbers. When you on Thanks. offense can be at full speed going towards your end of the court and the defense is on their heels backpedaling at a numbers disadvantage. You, plain and simple, have to hunt those opportunities. They're the easiest points in basketball. I don't care if Nebraska isn't the most athletic team out there. They don't have a lot of high flyers. There's not going to be a whole lot of poster dunks from anyone like that. But you don't necessarily need that transition, right? You can be just Mm -hmm. as successful in transition with brains, with fundamentals, with getting that spacing in transition, with filling those lanes. Either if you're a shooter, you know, kick out to the wings or the corners. You're, You're a big guy. Get downhill. Run your butt block to block. You don't have to, you know, be the most athletic team to be good in transition. It just feels like there's too much breaking for Nebraska. They're, they're too slow, and yeah. that's a problem, like you said, when they don't have anyone that can break someone down off the dribble or they're not going to be elite in their half-court execution. You know how many um, tip dunks that Bernard Gardner, Mikey Moore, and uh, Vincent Hamilton had? Probably doesn't. Just because we pushed? Even if we missed the layup mm-hmm. because they were running, like you said, block to block, they, they were still not missed opportunities. So here's the thing. Even if that was the case, the success you had against Purdue was your defensive prowess. You still did the same thing against Zach Eady in that game. You held him, which most teams – you just go look at a few games ago, 34 and something, you know, mm-hmm. you're getting mm-hmm. buckets, right? Mm-hmm. Against Michigan uh, State. Career high. Mm-hmm. And and a no-double drop-off to basically take the lead, Win which it. is crazy mm-hmm. to me. I couldn't believe they let him go one-on-one. Mm-hmm. But anyway <laughs> – um, 
here's the, the situation. What you just said, Austin, I would have tested my theory against Purdue. One, Painter is a good enough coach that they watch enough film. They're not going to give you an opportunity to, to do the same thing you did to them. Mm-hmm. Even though you had some success, your double teams were strong. You still got your breaks, your, the breaks beat off of you, right? Mm-hmm. But if you run Zach Eady into the ground, I understand Derek Walker can't do it himself, but if I'm, but sure can, Breidenbach and anybody else that they put in there, you need to be running his legs. He needs to be tired Mm -hmm. so that he doesn't have anything left in his tank when he gets to the fourth quarter. You make him run. And guess what? He's not effective if he's running up and down the court instead of just sitting in the freaking paint Mm -hmm. where you can't get to. And you're not a mid-range shooting team, so you don't do that. So you're either settling for three or you're getting blocked or you're taking challenge shots at the rim. So I, I would have thrown it out there in that game if I would have if I would have had the opportunity. That would have been one of those I would have mm-hmm. tested it because you needed it in that situation against the Purdue team. It was your advantage, and you, yeah. you gave it away because you wanted yeah. to be something that, plain and simple, you, you can't be. Let me ask you this, too, Strike. So if you look at that starting lineup for Nebraska that we, we don't have announced yet, but that we assume it's going to be out there, Griesel, Bandamel, Wilshire, Breidenbach, and Walker. Fred Hoiberg has said, Adam Howard, the, the guy who's coordinating a lot of the defense, has shown that he wants that group of starters to slow it down, to execute in the half court, to play good defense. Off the bench, then, you bring in Jamarcus Lawrence, you bring in Denham Dawson, you bring in Keisei Tomonaga. That's probably a more athletic and a faster lineup than what Nebraska has. Can Nebraska get away with playing two styles, depending on who's on the court? Can that bench speed things up in their minutes? and then have the starters slow things back down? Or is that too big an adjustment for the other guys on the court? That's a great question. Um, I think this team is smart enough to be able to do that, to understand uh, the change. Like it would be no different than um, some of the teams I played with where we ran uh, because we had Dirk and we had uh, me and Nash and Finley and, uh, but there were times where we slowed it down because we wanted to take advantage of Sean Bradley's size and height and mm-hmm. whether it be his ability to pass uh, over double teams or whatever, or maybe to get into pick and rolls and, and use him as a threat. So there were times when we would do that. <clears throat> but what I would say is um, if you're going to do that, you're, you've got to be quite cerebral because I was a change of pace guy. So when I came in, everybody know, get ready. Cause we about to, You're going. this thing is, this thing is, <laughs> is moving quickly. Rob Pack, who I was my mm-hmm. teammate, we are pace guys. So when you see us in the game, they get to flying. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think at times I, I love the fact that when Steve and I, Steve Nash and I played together, we, we, whoever got it for us was out. So if I got it, I knew that if I could get deep enough, that I could create an, an easy opportunity for Steve. And then same thing with Steve, because Steve is a tremendous uh, push pro guy himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those are the, the things that you cerebrally, cerebrally have to uh, be able to make the adjustments to. I think this team is smart enough to do it, but that's still yet to be seen because uh, they haven't made any changes in that department yet. Right. Is it, is it easier to play basketball in transition too? Because I think about those guys you would bring off the bench, uh, like a Jamarcus Lawrence, like a Denim Dawson, who I think are still to some extent learning the speed of the college game, learning the sets and how to operate in the half court. If you you know loosen the reins a little bit and let them run, 
I think, be better, number one, for their athletic profile. But in terms of learning the game, do you think that getting a mountain transition would help them to learn quicker, at least from a confidence standpoint? No. Well, there you go. Not not necessarily from a game standpoint, but from a confidence standpoint, because it, it's it's less thought. Sure. It's more it's more reaction, and you train in reaction a lot, of, especially in your earlier times. You train uh, in reaction. Okay, if somebody's trailing me, okay, I know that if I get this ball, if this guy's playing this way, he's cur- it's not really an overthought. It's like it's a reaction to what the guy is doing. Those two guys seem to play a little bit better. You start to see a little hint of it from um, Jamarcus. But Denham is is a response guy, and he needs to get those open court opportunities with a one-on-one, with Euro steps, with his strength and physicality, with his leaping ability. They need to be able to get him out there. And and, and, and there's a few more that, that are the same way. <clears throat> Keita is not a back-to-the-basket guy. He needs to probably catch the ball uh, in a, a situation where he's running to the middle of the paint. You get it to him, and then he can do something with it. So uh, Derek Walker is the same way. Get him out in the open. Get it to him in the wing. Let him be able to then do what he do without mm-hmm. guys, four guys looking in his face <laughs> waiting on him right. to do something and jump on him. So, yeah. The thing with Walker is he's played enough college basketball and he's shown the skill set to be able to do both where he's proven he can play from the high post or with his back to the basket in the half court. But, again, think about that Florida State game. Nebraska used him to bring the ball up the floor. He can dribble. He, he's not the tallest guy, but he can still move. You know, and yeah. that's his advantage over someone like Edie, over someone like uh, Danger from Illinois, maybe even over Zed Key tonight. So there are ways I think Nebraska can use these guys a little little differently. We'll keep this conversation going, also talk some football, even some Husker baseballs. That's right around the corner with our next guest. We'll talk to Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald after this.